Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. this morning we began here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 uh, to look at uh, the church the, the church at Corinth and uh, what the Bible here is telling us uh, concerning this church at Corinth what uh, the context and we dealt with that a lot uh, this morning what is the context of these verses what uh, is Paul saying in uh, this particular scriptural point uh, and in his uh, writing here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 8. We realize that it comes uh, right off of the truth of chapter number 7 that we spent much of the last several weeks dealing with as Paul is telling them uh, that they uh, were to be commended because they had been carnal and now uh, they have gotten right with the Lord. And so as we come to chapter number 8 we see uh, that the Apostle Paul is giving them what we mentioned this morning as a spiritual opportunity to live out the life that God would have for them to live, to move beyond the carnal, move beyond the worldly, move beyond the secular and enter into a life lived for the Savior in a way that is spiritual. And one of the things that Paul tells them to do is not just what they ought to know, but he tells them what they ought to do. And he speaks about a spiritual opportunity that will bring about a spiritual activity in the life of these Corinthian believers. Amen. And so to do so, he is pointing them as we jumped ahead and just told you exactly what was taking place in this passage as a whole. He is going to point them toward the activity of giving a missions offering. In particular, it is what we call in our churches, amen, and really not just our churches, but even different denominations of churches even practice this as well. Because I believe the principle is clearly scriptural. They may not get everything right, but if they do this, they're at least getting this right. Amen. But what we call faith promise missions. And I'm going to present to you, if the Lord will allow me this evening, that there is a great difference between giving to missions and giving a faith promise missions gift. Here in this passage of scripture, the apostle Paul is describing a faith promise gift. And I'm going to preach on that some this uh, evening. Amen. But we look this morning in verse number one uh, where the Apostle Paul says moreover brethren we do you to wit of the grace of God. Uh, We want you to understand how God has been working in uh, the churches of Macedonia. We uh, do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction uh, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded onto the riches of their liberality. And so we realize that we have been uh, talking about this this uh, church, these churches of Macedonia and Paul is pointing their attention back to what God has done in the heart of those Macedonian believers and in the heart of those churches that made up the Macedonian
Macedonian churches, of their congregation, what God has been doing in those churches. And he tells the Corinthians to look at the Macedonians and find in their, uh, their engaging in the spiritual opportunity uh, that was available to them in the Macedonians, Paul said, that the Corinthians would find a model for their missions giving. Amen. And so tonight as we uh, look in these verses, I uh, want us to understand that these verses unfold for us how God wants every Christian uh, to give to missions. And he tells them here that to give to missions, God's way is God wants us to give through offerings that are designated for missions. That's what he's encouraging them to do, to, to set aside for missions, to set aside for the work of God's uh, ministry in other places outside of their church through their church. Amen. Look at verse number two. We read it just a minute ago. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. Liberality and what? Generosity and what? Giving to missions. Amen. We'll see that as the text unfolds. Verse three, four, to their power. I bear record. He said, I'm telling you, it is a fact they gave to their power, but he's also telling us it is a fact they didn't only give to their power, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Here we find that it is a missionary designation because this gift is not for their church, but it is a ministry to saints outside of their church. And I, however you want to boil that down, amen, that's missions. Amen. And so he's telling them about this missions gift. This gift, as I've already declared, uh, is a offering that is specifically uh, for missions. Amen. And we really that as we study this passage. It was an offering uh, to be a ministry to the saints. Amen. We see that. Chapter 8, verse 4. The Bible said, take upon us the ministry of, uh, uh, the, excuse me, the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Look at chapter 9 in verse number 1. Notice what the Bible says here in chapter 9 and verse number 1. For as touching the ministering to the saints. The gift is for ministry, missions to the saints. It is directed uh, to the saints. To indicates that the saint, that these saints are those that are in need, uh, the, that those that are in need, and they are those that are the mission of this offering. They are the purpose that this offering has been given. I believe that's clear to be seen here in the text. It is to meet a need that these that are called in this passage, the saints have have. Amen. And can I say this, that that uh, very statement in chapter 8 and verse number 4, chapter 9 and verse number 1, and I know Brother Rose has preached this here, but that very statement to uh, ministering to the saints and the ministry, chapter 9, verse 1, the ministering to the saints, that is proof that this is, uh, that the Apostle Paul is not speaking to the church concerning their tithe at all. Amen. Amen. 
here's the reason why. Your tithe is not to the saints. Your tithe is not to meet a need of the saints. Amen. That's not what the tithe is for. Amen. A tithe is is an offering not to the saints, but it is an offering for the sanctuary. Amen. If you don't believe me, you can turn uh, to Matthew, excuse me, to Malachi uh, chapter number 3. Malachi chapter number 3, last book in the Old Testament of your Bible. Amen. Even if you do believe me, turn to that point with me real quick. I want you to lay your eyes on it. Amen. The tithe is not to the saints, but it is for the sanctuary. Amen. Malachi chapter number 3 and uh, verse number 10. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, bring ye all the tithes where? Unto the storehouse. This storehouse in the Old Testament is a picture of what uh, takes place in the church in our uh, New Testament age. Amen. It can be applied to the church house in the New Testament. Amen. Bring all the tithes into uh, the storehouse. Why? That there may be meat in my house. What is the what is the tithe for? It's for the house of God. It's taking care of the needs of the house of God. Your tithe money should not, according to the Bible, Your tithe money shouldn't go to missions. Your tithe money should pay the light bill. It was your tithe money that bought those chairs you're sitting in. It was your tithe money that paid for the renovations around here. Why? Because there was some needs that we needed to take care of in God's house. Amen. Your tithe money takes place about what takes place here in the house of God. The children of Israel, they've had their tithes in this day, and they set aside those things, and it took care of the ministry of the house of God. Amen. I'm thankful that the tithe comes with a promise. Prove me now herewith. Verse 10, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You need to pay your tithe. And if you do, amen, I thank God for those of you that do. I don't know who does and who doesn't. But if you pay your tithe, God has attached a blessing to you doing that. Amen. That should be a reason to want to give your tithe. Amen. God said, you prove me. We talk about a lot of times, well, you don't want to tempt the Lord and you don't want to try God. God says, here, prove me. Put me to the test. See, if you don't do what I tell you to do, if I won't do what I told you I'd do. Amen. If you won't give your tithe, see if I won't pour, open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't even be able to contain. Amen. Giving the tithe uh, comes with uh, a great uh, promise. Amen. The purpose of the tithe is to provide for the needs of God's house. The Bible said that there may be, uh, that there uh, may be meat in my house. Amen. So we know this is not talking about the tithe because the tithe is an offering that is not to the saints, but is one uh, for the sanctuary. But we know that this is also uh, not talking about the tithe because the tithe being an offering for it, it is an offering for the sanctuary, but it is one that is supposed to be forwarded to the sovereign. Notice what the Bible says in Malachi. Uh, amen. Uh, excuse me. Notice what the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. I'll quote it to you uh, in part. The book of Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, All the tithe is the Lord's, for it is holy unto the Lord. 
Notice this gift in 2 Corinthians 8. Where is it going to? It's going to the saints. It's taking care of the needs of the saints. It's not taking care of the needs of the house of God. And it's, it's being directed to the saints. It's not being directed to the Lord. Being directed to the saints. Not to me. Not to meet a need in the saints world. Amen. It's not just not uh, a, 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 uh, it's not directed to the Lord. Uh, so the Bible says all the tithe is the Lord's for it is holy unto the Lord. Leviticus 27, 32 says the tithe, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. This gift in 2 Corinthians 8, uh, while you give it, it uh, while you give it because you want to see God's work go on, it's not directed to the Lord, to the sovereign. It's directed to meet the needs of the saints. When you give your tithe, you are bringing it in for the Lord's work. And why are you bringing it in? Because it doesn't belong to you. I heard Brother Chris Murray say this. Listen to him preach on uh, Faith Promise uh, this week. Uh, He said that the tithe can hardly be called an offering or a gift because you're not giving God anything. All you're doing is returning to God what's already His. If I, can I say this? Hope don't make any enemies. I'll probably make some before I'm done preaching this uh, this evening. But can I, can I say this? If all you do is tithe, you do, you're not a giver at Beacon Baptist Church. If all you give is tithe, you've not given anything. You can't call it a gift. You can call it a return. You're returning to God what's already His. Brother Kenny Baldwin said in preaching on tithing one day to his church, he said, don't get mad at me when I preach to you on tithing. I haven't even begun to talk about your money yet. You see, when God puts 100% of of that salary in your hand, only 90% of it's yours. By the way, I would say we get a better end of that deal than God does. God says, if you'll give me 10, I'll let you keep the other 90. God could have kept all 100%. Amen. It's the grace of God. We have it all. We have have any of it anyway. Amen. If it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would have anything that we have. It's God's blessings poured in our life that we have what we have. You say, preach, well, I work for my money. Well, thank God. God gave you the strength to work for your money. He gave you the breath in your body to be able to work your job. He kept you alive to be able to do it. And he gave you favor with that boss to put you on that job and to keep you there as long as he has. It's all God, friend. Amen. The ten belongs to the Lord. If all you give is a tithe and that's it, amen, you haven't given God anything. That's not your money. It's the Lord's. Can I say this? God is not going to have Paul write this letter encouraging this church. If this is the tithe, Paul's not going to encourage this church, amen, to give that tithe to the saints. Why? Because it's not meant to go to the saints. It's meant to belong to him and to be returned back to him for God, for Paul, amen, to tell this church at Corinth that they're to give their tithe to the ministry of the saints. What God would be telling Paul to do is robbing God to pay for the missions work. Amen. Malachi chapter number 3. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8. Well, a man robbed God, yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? God said, in tithes and offerings. Where do we rob? If you, if you yeah, the, give the tithes to the Lord's and you give the tithe to anybody but God for God's word, and you bring it in the house of God and you put it for the use that God intends for the tithe to be used for, that there may be meat in his house. Amen. That the things of the house of God be taken care of. If you direct the tithe anywhere else, you're a God robber. God said, amen. So it's not talking about tithe. God would not lead Paul uh, to encourage them to rob God of the tithe that belongs to him anyway. So this is not speaking about the tithe here. 
We know it's not a tithe because it's to, the tithe is to the saints, but it's not to the saints, but it's for the sanctuary. It's not a tithe because a tithe is an offering for the sanctuary, but also one to be forwarded to the sovereign. We know this is not a tithe because a tithe is an offering that is fixed in its sum. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? This missionary offering is open-ended. Paul talks about liberality. He's talking about generosity. A tithe is not you being generous to God. As I've said, it belongs to Him anyway. You're you're being obedient and giving it back. Tithe is nothing more than obedience. If you don't give that, you're not being obedient. You give the tithe, it's obedience. You give the missions, that's generosity. You give a free will offering above the tithe, that can be generosity. But here, a tithe... And, I'm t- and I know this is a soapbox of mine. Y'all have heard me say it before. But y'all just going to have to endure it again. It drives me bonkers when I hear people say, and I've heard it about people in the past, so-and-so gave, a, gave, uh, gave, uh, gave uh, 90, 90% of his income in tithes. I've had people tell me, Preacher, I give, 20, I give a 20% tithe. No, you don't. Tithe is fixed in its sum. A tithe cannot be one penny more than 10%. The word means a tenth. Here at this church, I can say this. Everybody here knows what I make. My salary is $2,000 every two weeks. That's my salary here. You know how much my tithe is every two weeks when I put, Brother Brandon, you can go back and check. Brother Lewis can do the same thing. You know how much my tithe is when I put it in the plate? The tithe is $200. Brother Brandon, not $200 and one cent. It can't be. That one cent is a one cent offering. The tithe is 10% and that's it. But there's three kinds of financial gifts in the Bible. Number one, you give a tithe. That's obedience. That's God's money. You didn't give anything. Then there's also what is known as a free will offering. That is just extra that you give because you love the Lord. The tithe isn't good enough for you. You don't want to just give 10%. By the way, I don't want to, in my life, I don't want to give just 10%. The Old Testament saints under the law, they gave 10%. Bless God, I'm under grace. I've been saved by the grace of God. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I don't want to just give what is legally demanded of me in the Scripture. I want to give God more. There's a great need. I want to give God more. So, too, both of these treasures, I, they, they can tell you if I'm lying. But my checks, there is the tithe. Then there is an offering above the tithe. You know why? Because tithing is in the Bible. Free will offering is in the Bible. In addition to that, in my, I'm just talking about me now. You, I'm not asking you to tell me what you do. I'm telling you what I do. I believe I'm supposed to lead this church by example to the best I can. So tithing is biblical. I make sure when I write that check, there's at least a tithe. Free will offering is biblical, so I make sure there's extra just because I want to give extra. Because I love God and He's been better than me and I deserve him. I want to give extra. Then on top of that, there's a, third, there's a third type of offering you give, and that is a missions offering. That's above the tithe. That is above any amount of free will offering. And that is, a, that is an amount that is given just for missions. That is the three types of giving in the Word of God. Now, and I'm making that very simple. You can itemize that. You can itemize the free will offerings however you want. You can make it 14 different kinds. But I'm to basically, you get down to the brass tacks, that's what there is. Amen.
This is the tithe is a fixed sum. This is not a tithe in Second Corinthians chapter eight. Why? Because God is encouraging generosity. There is no end number in mind. He is telling them that they can that He is encouraging them to have and to let God work in them to give them the grace of giving that they will give to their power and beyond their power. A tithe, no matter how you slice it, is always to my power. Whether I make a million dollars a year, a hundred thousand dollars a year, ten thousand dollars a year, ten dollars a year, or a dollar a year, I can handle a tithe. Why? God, God allows something to come in my hand, even if it's just a dollar bill. And I think all of us would say a dollar bill is impoverished. Even if it's just a dollar bill, I can give a tithe. Why? Because it's a part of what you have. The tithe is to your power. A faith promise, according to this text, has to be not just to your power, but the Bible said they gave to their power and beyond their power. If it is to be a faith promise, if it is to be by faith, it's not just what you know you can handle, but it's something you've got to trust God to make happen in your life. Faith promise. This is faith promise. It's not a tithe because it's fixed in its sum. You can't give a 20% tithe, 90% tithe. You can't do any of that. This is an open-ended offering. Amen. This clearly tells us uh, that this is clearly not the tithe. Amen. But this is a missionary offering that God would have uh, for us to give to his work above, amen, the tithe and above the free will offering. This offering that they give is an offering just for missions. It was two the saints. It was to meet the saints' needs. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 tonight. I'm going to show you real quickly the origin of this gift. And I'm going to, and this may be all I get to this evening. I, again, I've had you in church all day. I've had these young people in church for two whole days. They've listened to me preach this weekend more, probably more than they'd ever cared to. And uh, amen. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to try to just get us started on this mis these missionary thoughts, if I can put it that way. But I am here in just a moment. I'm going to share with you something that, I, and again, there's no padding to be done on me this evening. But I'm going to share you a truth that as I've studied this text is a truth I've never heard any missions preacher preach. So listen, listen up. I hope Brother Terrell agrees with me. But I'm telling you, I, I see something here. I've never heard anybody say, but I believe it's vitally important to our understanding of what we're going to be talking about this week. Now, I'm sure every, just like every other year, I'm sure every message Brother Terrell is going to preach is not going to be out of this chapter and not going to be uh, going through these things. It's not going to be that way. Now, one of them may be, maybe even two of them, uh, but all week long, he's going to just encourage us in our hearts to love the things of God, to love missions, have a heart for the world. Here in this passage of Scripture, this is an area where this particular gift that the Apostle Paul is trying to encourage the Corinthians to emulate based upon the model and the example of the Macedonians. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 is where Paul originally mentions this gift, or he, or he, do, he does mention this gift clearly as to what it is. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now concerning 
concerning the collection for the saints. Does that not sound like what we've been talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 8? The fellowship of the ministering to the saints, a gift for the saints. He's talking about a collection. Amen. That's a financial offering. Amen. We have these plates here. We call when we collect that, we call it a collection. We call it a uh, we're collecting the offering. Amen. Now concerning the collection for the saints. So we see that designation there. He said, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Notice this now, verse number two, upon the first day of the week. Now, isn't that interesting that all of these years later, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ still meets on the first day of the week. In addition, all of these years later, you know when most of our churches take up the majority of the offerings? The first day of the week. Most of the money you'll give to Beacon Baptist Church, you probably gave on the first day of the week. The Bible said, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. Notice this now. Here's what I've never heard anybody preach in faith promise. As God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, uh, by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality. Remember that word is similar to what we read just a few minutes ago in St. Corinthians 8. To bring your liberality, your generosity unto Jerusalem. If it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. So where is it going? It's going to be used for the saints. Saints where? He says it there in verse number 3. It's saints in Jerusalem. How was the collection going to be taken? It was going to be taken on the first day of the week. How was this collection to be taken? Here's where this passage differs from 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. God said, as the Lord has prospered you. Remember, what if, as we, if we give as God has prospered us, you know what we're doing? We're taking out of what we have, what we know we can give. In other words, he's telling them, take what you know you can give and know what you, what you know you can spare. And give it to this mission's effort. However, something has changed in the mind and the heart of Paul between 1 Corinthians 16, when he originally began taking up this offering, and 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Can I submit this to you? 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, in the mind of the Apostle Paul, as he begins to collect this offering uh, for what Romans chapter, for the book of Romans of chapter 15 will tell us is a collection for the poor saints in Jerusalem. When he began taking that offering, all he can say, all, all he planned for it to be was just a missionary offering. Remember this morning and even some this evening, I told you there can be a great difference between an offering for missions and a faith promise offering. All Paul ever designed, all he ever, all he ever designed in his mind, all he ever thought about was just a gift toward missions. You take, if you've got $25 in your pocket and you want to give 20 of it to missions, you put it in there, you take what you've got, you take it out of your abundance, take it out of your prosperity. Just make sure that there is some money going to these poor saints in Jerusalem to help them in a relief effort. That's where it started, but it's not where it finished. I'm gonna, I want to submit to you that as the Apostle Paul, as he moved from here and he presented this need in Thessalonica, Philippi, and Berea, those churches in Macedonia, he saw 
how they handled, as I mentioned this morning, that spiritual moment of opportunity. And he saw how they responded to that opportunity. Paul, all he ever designed in his mind was just a missionary offering, just given to missions to help this, help these poor saints and drove some out. But when the Macedonians got involved, things changed. Paul looked at how they handled this opportunity and God put it on Paul's heart and said, that's how you give to missions. That's how you do it. So here, as Paul saw how the Macedonians handled their missionary offering, something was birthed for the first time. We call it faith promise. Again, faith promise has very little to do with an amount, the size of the gift, if you will, as much as it does the spirit behind the gift. The Macedonians, what changed? Paul told uh, these here, uh, the church in Corinth, when he originally presented this to them. Remember, later on, look with me at chapter uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8 again. I'm probably, I don't even hardly remember where I am in the notes. Look at chapter 8, verse 10. And here, and I give my advice. For this is expedient for you who have begun before. Before Paul ever encouraged this church to give a faith promise offering, he said, you've already begun to collect an offering for this need. You've begun before. He said, not a, he said uh, there, he's, uh, let's see, where, where are we? Amen. Verse number 10. Here and I give my advice for this expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward. Notice this time frame a year ago. It has taken them a year to finally get the offering that was needed, to finally come about to performing the offering. Paul says it's been a year and you haven't given your offering yet, and he's encouraging them to do it. When Paul originally presented it to them, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, which, by the way, he wrote that what year? A.D. 59. 2 Corinthians 8, what year was it written? A.D. 60. It was a year apart. 1 Corinthians 16, 1, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 8, one year apart, just like Paul said. He told them, you began to do what I told you to do back a year ago, and you began, uh, you began this, you said you'd commit to it, you said you'd do it, but you haven't performed it yet. And so now, as I've seen what God has done for the Macedonians, he said, I'm going to add a new aspect to this gift. He said, it's not, I don't want you just to give the way I asked you to. I want you to give the way they did. There's a better way to give to missions than just taking out of your prosperity and just taking out of the extra that you have and then throwing it in a plate and throwing in a collection and just sending it off to some missionary somewhere. God said there's a better way to give to missions and that is to let the mission get in your heart and let the mission getting in your heart and the love that it produces begin to cause you to do more for missions. There's a better way to give. Here he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 that this was what Paul had originally designed. Amen. Paul was collecting uh, the offering uh, as he had done in the past. Acts chapter number 11, verse number 27 through 30. Paul said, uh, the Bible says there in Acts 11, verse 27 through 30, that it was not uncommon for Paul to take up offerings for different churches. He's done in the past. You read those passages. If you're taking notes, write that passage down. Go back and read it. Paul done in the past for other churches, other places. This particular offering is to the saints or for the saints. It was for the poor saints in Jerusalem. Look at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter number 15. 
Romans chapter number 15, verse number 23. Romans 15, verse 23. If you're there, say amen. And Paul says this, But now having no place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thither by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. Before, before I continue reading the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, that is prior, that is the original idea behind the offering. Second Corinthians chapter number 8 is Paul encouraging the Corinthians to model to follow the model of the Macedonians in giving to missions in the way that God would have for them to give, a way that we call by the description given faith promise. Here First Corinthians uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 15 the Bible tells us what, his, what has taken place after Second Corinthians chapter number 8 and 9. The Bible says there in verse number 25 but now I go, he told them verse 24 uh, I want to take my journey into space to come see you, verse 25. He said, but now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. You see that, that idea of the ministry to the saints coming up again and again? Paul said, he said, that, that, he said we need to collect an offering for the poor saints in Jerusalem. We need to, we need to take up an offering to help them. Uh, we need to help the ministry of those saints. He tells in 2 Corinthians 8, he tells the Corinthians that they need to get involved in the fellowship and the ministering to the saints just like the Macedonians did. Now Paul said, I'm going to Jerusalem. Why? To minister to the saints. He's heading to do exactly what he was taking the offering up to do, to minister in the way that was the vision behind everything that he told them. Look at verse 26. He says, For it hath pleased them of Macedonia. We already know that. St. Corinthians 8 told us how the Macedonians were pleased in the offering. But notice this. I love this. He says, And Achaia. Remember I told you this morning what the capital of Achaia was? It was Corinth. When he talks, remember first the first or the second Corinthians, when Paul wrote Second Corinthians chapter one, verse one, who did he say he was writing to? Onto the church at Corinth, and to all those that be in Achaia. When he uses this word Achaia, he's talking to all of those that he wrote Second Corinthians to. He encouraged them and implored them, follow the model of the Macedonians in giving to missions. Let God use you to meet this need. You know what the Bible says here in those two words and Achaia? It said that they did exactly what Paul said to do. They allowed God to work in their heart. They allowed God to bestow on them the grace of giving. And here we find that Paul is able to take the offering that was collected. Notice for he said verse 26, for it had pleased them of Macedonia to care to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. And it has pleased them invariably. And debtors they are. Amen. For if the Gentiles uh, have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty also is to minister unto them uh, in uh, carnal things. Amen. He says here, he said well, that, 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 that those in Corinth did exactly what he was encouraging them to do. They let Macedonia be their model. They gave to this mission's effort just like the Macedonians did. And God here in the book of Romans gives the churches in Achaia the same exact credit for what God is doing in the ministry there on the mission field in Jerusalem. Amen. Uh, give them the same credit he gave to those that gave the way they did in Macedonia. Here we see that God here in talking about this offering 
is saying that this offering that was given by those in Macedonia and Achaia as a missionary offering, it was given to help them along who served in the Lord uh, in their own mission field there uh, in Jerusalem. Amen. And can I say this? I believe that the Bible tells us here in Romans chapter 15, look at verse 31. I believe the Bible says that Jerusalem, that really was a mission field. Notice what the Bible says. He said, that I may be delivered, telling them to pray for Paul, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, the area there of Jerusalem. He said that my service, which I have for, uh, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may uh, with you be refreshed. Paul here is saying that there's those that do not believe in Judea. There's those that do not believe uh, in Jerusalem. There are those that will not accept him in Jerusalem. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like a mission field. Anywhere there's people that do not believe, that's a mission field. Whether it's across the street or around the world, amen, that's a mission field. This offering that's being collected for the poor saints in Jerusalem, amen, their ministry there is ministering to people who do not believe. Paul is saying, let's help those that are on that mission field. They're poor and they need somebody to help them along while they are there in their field serving the Lord. It is truly a missionary offering. That is being mentioned here. It was a mission field. Jerusalem was. Can I say this? That according to the book of Acts, chapter number 1 and verse number 8, this place where he is telling them to give a missionary offering to, not only is it truly a mission field, but it is the very first mission field of the Great Commission. The Bible says in Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the most part of the world. The Bible says, you're going to be witness to me. And the first place it is, it's in Jerusalem. The very first mission field is where Paul is encouraging them to send this money to. Why? Because there are saints there serving the Lord that need help. Is that not what we do when we send money? To men like Brother Adrian Hendricks is on, and I, I know we're recording tonight, so I'm not going to mention. But y'all know where he is, and you know the persecution they go under, uh, they go that they face in that country. Is that not why we give our missions offering? Because there's a saint over the God, uh, a saint of God over there. There's a church over there. There's a pastor over there. There's Christians over there that need help while they're trying to serve the Lord. Is that not why we give, we give money through IBOM and uh, men like Brother Richard Smith and men like Brother Chris Murray? Is that not why we give money? Because there's churches around the world that don't have what we have and they, they need help of God so they can stay on the field. And so they can tell people who do not believe that there is a God in heaven that they can trust not only with their life but with their never dying soul. And there was a man named Jesus who came into this world born of a virgin, lived 33 and a half years of a perfect life to be betrayed by his best friends to go and to shed every drop of his blood on a mountain called Calvary, amen, in a place called Golgotha, on a tree called a cross, amen, and he died there, uh, he died there, not just for our sins, but as our sin, he was like, he was uh, there as us in our place, and he died that we wouldn't have to die and go to hell, and they don't either, is that not what we send our money for, there's people that don't believe that good gospel message, and God would have for them to believe it if they're going to go to heaven and not go to hell, amen, it is our, our generous offering 
things that allow that to happen. Jerusalem here, I want you to see that and there, there's a lot of different ways that people take Acts chapter number 8. But if that's all we get to tonight, I hope you'll understand that what's being described here is a missionary offering. Not anything else. I know people who take Acts chapter number 8 and they want to apply it to every kind of offering there is. But that's not the case. God doesn't want you to apply Acts chapter number 8 to your tithe. We've already seen that. God's not interested in you applying Acts chapter number 8 just to a free will offering. But this is specifically a missions offering. In particular, as this began to birth in Paul's heart in Acts chapter number 8, this is a faith promise offering. Again, I'm not going to take, I don't, I don't have time tonight. I've been preaching 42 minutes already, so I'm not going to take the time to preach it. Maybe, maybe, I just, maybe just in this today, I might just let us right up to where Brother Terrell's going to be. I'm not sure. But the Bible says that, talking about Jerusalem, no doubt this is a mission field in Jerusalem. If you notice who he says the mission money is for, it's the poor saints in Jerusalem. In your King James Bible, the word poor is mentioned 199 times. The majority of those, a multitude of those times, uh, the, poor being, the, the poor is being described as something that is a believer's, that they are a part of a believer's mission field. God has told us over and over again, both in the Old and New Testament, that we are to take care of the poor. They are part of our mission field. Jesus told the rich young ruler in Mark, or in Matthew chapter number 19 and verse number 21, he said, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell uh, that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Jesus in his ministry put a lot of emphasis of his ministry now of giving to the poor. Not only were this God, was God's first mission field in Jerusalem, but this was, a, this was a subsection of all of our mission field. Not only was it Jerusalem, was it the Jews, but these were poor saints in Jerusalem. They didn't have much of anything. And I'll say this about the church of Corinth. The church of Corinth was a church in Bible days that knew what it was to have abundance. God blessed the church at Corinth. Paul talks about their abilities to give. Paul talks about the opportunities they had to give. This was a church that was greatly blessed to the Lord in many ways that other churches did not have. And so Paul is telling us here that this is truly a mission field. Here's the difference, though. Look, go back with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. I, don't, I, don't, I wish I had time to preach these. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Here's, I'm going to state these. I'm not even going to preach my points. Maybe I'll come back and maybe on a Wednesday night or something this month and preach the others. But notice what the Bible here says. Verse 1, more of a brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, having a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded on the riches of their liberality. I find it interesting here. He's talking about this church of Macedonia. They don't have anything. Them being impoverished, the word literally means they're made a beggar. They have nothing. They are a church that lived that that they could be a mission field in their own right. They could be the ones with their hand out saying, "I need help," but they're the ones doing the helping. Poverty means they're brought to the place of being a beggar. Paul said here that in the the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded on the riches of their liberality. This may mean not mean much to you, and this really doesn't have anything to do uh, with the message. But I will say this: isn't it interesting? He's talking about poverty, and every word that he uses to describe this impoverished church is the word abounding. There, there's an there, there's an abundance of joy. 
Their deep poverty abounded under the riches. What is riches? It's abounding. Look up the definition. Abounding's in the definition of riches. You have abundance. Liberality is generosity. It's abundance. You're giving above and beyond. This whole, this whole first verse talks about how abundant they are, even though they don't have anything. I'm telling you, that's a grace of giving to give beyond your means when you have nothing to say. I want to help. What makes it different? What makes a faith promise offering uh, different than a just a missions offering? He says there, uh, verse number 3, 4, to their power I bear record, yea, beyond their power. They were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us uh, the ministry, uh, ministering to the saints just uh, without preaching the, the message. He, uh, first thing that's going to be required there in verse number 3, beyond your power, it's going to take faith. If you don't give, if you give to your power and you don't give beyond your power, that gift, that, you, that number you put down doesn't take faith to believe. You gave a mission offer and you didn't give a faith promise. It's got, it's got to be both to your power and beyond your power. You need to know what your power is and then trust God for more for it to be a faith promise. For it to be a faith promise, it must, be, it must be something that is willing. The Bible said they were willing of themselves. They were so willing, verse number 4 says, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the ministry, uh, uh, the, the, the fellowship of the ministry of the saints. They wanted to give so bad they begged Paul to let them, even though Paul knew they couldn't. Without the help of God to do so, they begged him to do it. When was the last time we begged? We, we, when was the last time we came in and one of us begged? We went to the went to the back and begged Brother Brandon and Brother Gary, let me put a wonderful offering in this plate. I I want to give to missions. Let me put an offering in there. Are we that excited? Remember, I said it's not the size, but it's the spirit. They were excited to give. If you're not excited to give to missions, you're never you'll never give a faith promise. He says here, this they did, verse 5, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. You've got to first give yourself to the Lord. You've got to first be willing to say, God, you, you have all of me. Everything in my wallet's yours. Everything in my bank account's yours. Everything I have access to is yours. Give yourself. Why were they able to give beyond their power? They gave themselves first. They gave 100% of themselves to God and let God tell them what they wanted them to give above their power. They had faith. They walked with God. They gave themselves to the Lord and they just trusted you, God. If God told them to step out and give beyond their power, they did it because it pleased the Lord. Amen. They gave themselves to the Lord and they followed the Lord's leadership. The Bible says here, this church gave that kind of way. I have more to say, but I'll stop with that this evening. Can I, can I ask you this evening? We're going to be going into a missions conference where that, that word, those words, faith promise, will be something that will be mentioned time and time again. I wonder, as we go into our faith promise missions conference, whatever you want to call it, our missions revival, I do hope God gives us revival in missions. I hope God gives us a revival for world evangelism. Every time we talk about it, every time we have a missionary in here, every time we see a number board like that with the mission money going up, anytime we read a report like I read just a few minutes ago, I hope there's revival. Fire for us and our part in world evangelism. They took a personal part. They gave themselves to God, and God used them above any way anybody could ever ask of them. And God made them make a difference that they didn't even know they could make because they gave themselves so, Lord. When you write on that card that we'll give you on Sunday night, I hope you'll hear your pastor's voice as you write that number down and ask this question Is this a missions gift or is it really a faith promise? Am I get truly given by faith? Am I giving to my power and beyond my power?
Am I giving willingly? Am I giving with the right spirit? Am I giving joyfully? Am I excited to be able to give to world emissions? Am I will? Am I excited and willing? And not just willing, but excited about taking advantage of the opportunity to meet a need in another church, in another group of saints, in another area where people do not believe the truth. And your gift very well may, may there, there may already be a gospel ministry there. That missionary may already be on the field. But you tell, let me tell you what that $66,000 plus will do. Not only will it put new missionaries on the field, Brother Tommy, it will keep missionaries that are already there on the field. Without the gifts, they can't stay. Amen. It, I, don't, I don't care how spiritual you are, it takes money to run a ministry. Right. The tithe takes care of this ministry. Our missions dollars help those ministries stay on the field until those churches can grow and become self-sufficient. Your money doesn't just put new missionaries on the field, but it also keeps missionaries on the field. I wonder, are you going to give a missions gift and just give out of your prosperity? Just, I know I can give this and that's it. Are you really going to search your heart this week, pray, seek the Lord, and say, God, I want, I want to do more. I, I, want, I want to make full advantage of this opportunity. I want to have a bigger investment in what you're doing. God, I don't want to just give the missions offering that Paul saw originally, but I want to give. Here, I haven't given the title of my message all day. Here, here's the title of the message, How Every Christian Should Give to Missions. God's way of giving to missions is not just adding money and sending it in plate and saying in a missionary offering. God's way of giving to missions is not only with, with the amounts, but with the spirit of a faith promise gift that you don't just give to your power, but you'll give by faith with the power that only God can give you to give. All the stories we hear Brother Rose share, that's because he didn't just take it out of what he had and just leave it at that and made sure he was comfortable he gave by faith. God honors faith. God will take your faith and will prove to you the miraculous if you'll let him this week. So as Brother Rose comes in, he preaches these things to us. Ask yourself, am I giving a missionary offering or am I giving a faith promise? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done preaching tonight. So, so much more I could say. So much more I could say. But I will lay a button down for Brother Rose and leave us with that thought tonight. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.